You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. This is Grand Design Podcast with DJ and Jerry Grand, where we link the chains of reason of sports, politics, and culture. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune into the Grand Design Podcast. I'm DJ Grand, and I'm here with my brother, Jerry. Hello. Uh, first, I want to tell you how to get a hold of us. Our website is granddesignspodcast.com. Our, our email is granddesignspodcast at Yahoo. You can follow us on Twitter at granddesignspod, and Instagram is granddesignspodcast. Today's topic, we're going to be talking about holdouts from the NFL are they ethical? Should they happen? Well, we have to start with uh, the owners. What's their side? Obviously, what's the player's side? Because those are the two sides. Uh, the owners, uh, and where does it start from? But the owners, obviously, they have their profits and they have a profit margin, and they can only pay so many star players so much money. But as we go um, through these years, uh, Lady Bell last year holding out has pretty much changed the, the format of how these players are trying to get more money. And the question that I want to ask is, should they honor their contract? For example, Ezekiel Elliott right now is holding out. He signed a five-year deal. He's on year four right now. He's got two years left. Should he honor that contract? I think he should. I think it's, if you sign a contract, you should do, do it for the length of the contract. I don't think holding out is necessary. I get, I understand and we'll get into the reasons why they do it, but I still don't think that is more compelling than your word. You sign a contract. But if we go back years, decades, even since we were kids watching football, it was when we were little kids, you didn't hear much of this. But as the NFL made more money, you start hearing players want to renegotiate before the contract runs out. And now it has just gotten to a ridiculous situation to where why even have the contracts because they're going to break them or they're going to hold out. Melvin Gordon, he's he's doing a complete 180 on the Chargers and he's holding out. So it's really – what, what, what has caused this? What's the reason for all these players doing this all of a sudden now? Well, part of it is the fact that the nature of the business, it's it's a rough league and you – Usually it's three years, four years, five years tops, average now. That's I'm, for, not talk, I'm not talking about Tom Brady. We're running backs. Yeah, running backs, I mean, exactly. they, they get hurt a lot. I mean, it wears and tears on their body. They're, and I get that they, because of that, they want to make as much as they can. But that doesn't make it right to go against your word. And you said it correctly. They want their money and they want it ASAP. They want, they want to take care of their families and their futures um, and their kids beyond. The problem is, again, like you said, they should honor that contract, but they don't. And then you have two players right now. And let's go back last year because two things really changed the format of uh, how these contracts are now dealt with. And the, uh, they were earthquake changing, and that was Le'Veon Bell and Todd Gurley. Le'Veon Bell basically told the Steelers, hey, I'm not coming back until you renegotiate. And I think they thought he was bluffing because he did this several years before. But he always came back in the last week of training camp because they thought not many veterans like training camp. But this, this year, you know, he sat the whole season. Now last you year. have players. Last yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, last year. Now last year, Todd Gurley also signed a 57 million dollar contract. That just went. It's, it all through the whole shape. Now Ezekiel Elliott, he wants to top that before he gets because he's on year three. 
if they average four years, there is a chance he may get injured and never see that money. So that's why he wants that money now. Oh, I, st- I I get that they want they want because they're getting hinge- they're getting injured that they they want to take get it while they can. I totally understand that, but sign that contract that so you get it while you can in their first year. They're not going to do that, especially the NFL, because if we go back and I call it the Matt, Matthew Stafford uh, syndrome, but it's really that's not right. I should not write to Matthew because he was just the last quarterback to come out when he just got an outrageous contract without even throwing one pass, not playing one down. And a lot of the veterans just had a problem because this was happening year after year. The number one draft pick, number two and three, they're making more than some of the veterans. So the NFL wasn't – not the NFL decided, but they negotiated in the uh, union – collectively bargained that there was a new rookie contract system. And the system basically says, I don't know if it's a five-year contract or a six-year contract. And yes, I don't know what the cap may be. Ezekiel Elliott makes $6.5 million on his current rookie contract. That's a lot of money. That's part of the problem. I think the, the length of the rookie contract is what hurts them because it holds them into for six years when really you should only do it for one or two years and then renegotiate. Now, Ezekiel Elliott has led the NFL in rushing in the first three seasons of, of, of his career. Only two other people have done that. That's Earl Campbell and James Brown. So that puts him in elite company. Now, Todd Gurley did not do that. I don't think Todd Gurley's been in the year. This this would be his third year, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, sir. Last year was year three. And in the middle of his second year now, and he had a five-year contract too, he then goes and signed for $57,500, uh, $57, of which four, uh, $21 million was totally guaranteed. Twenty-one million nine hundred. Now that just changed. Now again, that was the second year. Other owners in the NFL did not like the Rams doing that because now Ezekiel Elliott a wants to do the same thing. And he's going to hold out. Same thing with Melvin Gordon. We have two running backs doing it at the same time, but the owners want to put a limit at fifty-seven million, which means they do not want to exceed that Todd Gurley money. And Elliott had made it clear, I want more than him. Now think about it. He's done something that Todd Gurley hasn't done. That Jim Brown and, and Earl Campbell, those are legendary backs. So when you have the negotiating, and these, and this is where the agent comes in. They negotiate for them, and they know the NFL's got just a ton of money. They understand where it's available and coming from. So they're going to set the market, and that's what happened with Gurley. He set the market. But I don't think the owners are going to let that stand. Well, part of the problem and the nature of the beast, I guess, is the unions and the agents. Because both of them are looking out for themselves. They're not looking out for the players. They're not looking out for the NFL. They say they're looking out for the players, but no, they're still looking out for themselves. I don't think the union did running backs, and this is kind of hard to, to explain, but I don't think the union did the running backs any favors. And the NFL is uh, making rules to protect the quarterbacks, and those are the glory boys. Boys, They're getting all the money, so they're lasting, Tom Brady, 20 years, a lot longer than you know back uh, when – uh, Johnny Unitas, Dan Marino, Joy, Theis- Joy Theismann played. Again, Tom Brady's played 20 years. Running backs average three. And there's a chance they're walking like Earl Campbell, who can't right now. So they're trying to get their— Joe Namath can't walk. He's a quarterback. Again, how many years did Joe Namath play? You know, he was, played a lot. He played a again, lot. But, but again, here we go. Back in Joe Namath, that was, that, that was back when, I guess, the men played. Right now, I mean, come on, Deacon Jones. <laughs> there were some other ones, the fearsome foursome. They were out to kill quarterbacks. Those guys would have been kicked out of games left and right in, in today's league where they protected. I wonder what Namath would have done in today's league. Same thing with Marino. You know, it's a passing game now. They And the rules are you can't – come on, roughing the quarterback. I've seen some pretty – they came and touched. Might as well put flags on the quarterback. The point being is they're protecting the quarterbacks but not the running backs. 
running backs are done in three years. So I kind of see where, again, it, this is the where I'm kind of baffled. $6.5 million is a lot of money. And that's what Elliot's making. He wants $14 million a year. He wants, you know, literally to more than double that salary. Is that greed? Well, is that rational self-interest greed? Are they forced to sign a six-year deal as a rookie? You see, I think – I don't – I'm not sure, but I think there's a, there's a length. The CBA negotiated that, yeah, there's a three-year, five-year. I think it's five because – And they have to sign five years. They can't sign one or two. It must be five-year I, I believe – I, I think there's – I don't want to quote myself. But I'm going to say just, just to guess, yes, that they have to go with a five-year contract because I know Gurley had a five-year. But again, he re-upped in, in year two. That's that, all. I think, is part of the problem. They shouldn't have to be forced to sign that long. Especially seeing, since their their average career is only three to four years. That takes off their, their whole – almost and, their whole career. That I see as a problem. And that's where I'm saying the CBA didn't do any favors to the running backs. Now, that's where I'm saying this next one. Not only – I mean, do they want to – the union want to break the, the owners, but they're going to hold out for the running backs now. You know, literally, I don't know how they're going to word it, but the running backs are getting screwed. So now, Ezekiel Elliott is holding out. Melvin Gordon's holding out. It's just turned into this melee. How do you solve it? I think, now this is just speculation on my part. You should use the NHL model. That's how I would solve it. That doesn't mean it's right, and I don't think the uh, the agents nor the union will go for it. But you make it a one or two years, you cap it, you give them a, a certain level. Now, that's an X. You can negotiate between them what that would be based on the NFL's revenues. So they're, they're not getting that short change. But that gives them the opportunity to perform for one or two years and then renegotiate their contract. Now, if they're going to hold out after one, then I would say you can, you, you, you're, you can extend your rookie contract. I could just tell you right now, Barry Sanders comes out and does what he did his rookie year. He's not playing the second year until he gets then, that big Like I just said, then you can, then your rookie contract is extended for however long you hold out. That way that rookie contract can stay three, four years if you hold out two years. If you hold out, then you extend it. But if you don't, then you, after two years, you can renegotiate and get that the money that Ezekiel Elliott is searching I'm for. I'm not now. sure if it's a middle ground, but if you gave him the one year, then they have that one year to prove himself and they get their big money, their 26 million, if they're good enough to get it, 17 million a year. However, um, and th- well, that does solve the complaint of the veterans saying this guy hasn't played one down. He's played one season now. So he, he's, it's, it's twofold. It also solves a problem of them playing the, the, the rookie contract being longer than it should be. So it, it, so that way they can renegotiate earlier and they don't have to, they don't have to sign a six year contract and then hold out in year four. Cause the, the contract will be done after two. They can renegotiate and get the money they want. And they, and at that point, you can, you should be able to do it for the length that you want or you can get. And then. But like you said earlier, the agents, and they really got their hands in on this. And I know they're lobbying the union before all the contract negotiations. I think they really pushed it. They would, they like longer contracts and they also know full well that that contract is made to be broken. It will not last, especially if they exceed expectations. They're going to go back, and my, my client's going to hold out. And Calvin Johnson did it. I mean, it, it happens all the time. It's only gotten worse after Le'Veon Bell held out the whole season. Just because it happens all the time doesn't mean it's justified. I mean, in the real world, if you go into a corporation and you just outperform everybody your first or second year, does that mean you get to renegotiate right away and you get CEO uh, level of compensation? I totally don't see that as a justification. I, I don't like using the real world compared to NFL because it's – 
it's not real world. It's just it's not. It, a, it's a kids game and a business at the same time. And you got the, the NFL making what fourteen, fifteen billion a year in revenue. So I can see the players, agents. While I don't agree with the union, I can say I can see them saying we want half half of that fourteen billion. The owners get seven. We get the players get seven. And then you now got the whole thing of negotiating the contracts. And this is where the agents come in and lobby the union, saying, "Listen, we we like the long term contracts because we want our client to be able to renegotiate in whatever point." And, they want the bigger contracts so they get a bigger percentage. I think the well, agents are all for themselves. They're not oh, absolutely. out looking for the players. And, and that's the problem. When you have the agents involved, they're always going to be looking out for themselves included because now they know right off the bat they have no leverage on a one-year contract, none whatsoever. And it actually takes it out of their hand a little bit because, hey, your guy did did bad last year. We're not going to pay him what we paid him last year because look at the results. Well, the opposite side of that coin, like you said, Ezekiel Elliott did really good these last three years. He then would be able to get the big money after the one or two years. So it, it's, it can work do, both ways. Do you truly – again, Elliott, Sanders, they're, they're, they're freaks. They're rare talents. Can you just say one year is a good judgment that, hey, after one year, I can pay that guy $14 million a year? Or should the guy to prove himself over? And that's where it comes in. Shouldn't that guy prove himself for a couple, three years that – a, he's durable now. We get back to the question I know that you brought up. Running backs do not last that long. But at what point? Do you, one year? I think two. That gives you that, – that lets you prove that it wasn't just a fluke season. You do it twice, you've proven yourself. It doesn't matter to me if the agents won't go for it. It doesn't matter to me if the union won't go for it. And the, what I'm trying to solve here is the holdout problem. I really believe the rookie holdout problem. I think guys are going to hold out later because they get, think they get screwed later in their career. Antonio but, Brown. But I'm talking about the rookie holdout. The contract, the rookie contract lasts too long, causing, like Ezekiel Elliott, it's a perfect example where his rookie contract, he's outperformed it and he thinks he should renew it. Now, if you, if he only signed a two-year contract and that was mandatory for all rookies coming in and they would ca be capped so that, once again, they can negotiate what that cap is. I'm not saying it has to be a million dollars. I'm not saying it has to be $10 million. It can be negotiated with their unions and the owners. But once they establish what the, the given market is, that they should be held to it for that one, two years, and then they can renegotiate. And that will stop the rookie holdouts. I always think, but I always think every, with a two, with a more than a one year contract, you're going to have, I think his name is Drew Rosenhaus. He's a very famous, famous agent along with Scott Boris. Those guys are not going to, A, if it's a two year contract, I'm, they will tell their client and they will basically go on the media and say, and let's, I'm just going to, don't, I don't know who's representing Ezekiel Elliott, but Boris goes and says, my client just did things that Jim Campbell and Earl, uh, sorry, Jim Brown and Earl Campbell didn't do. He, he deserves top notch money right now after one year. I want to renegotiate. And if we don't renegotiate, he's going to hold out. So we're back to the same what we're talking about right now. This guy Once just again, held out. I, in the rookie contract, you, you, you put a stipulation in there that if you hold out, it can, it extends. So I don't you always will extend that rookie contract. I like the idea. I do. I do. But I don't think the union will ever ever agree to that and th th they've already got a couple reasons why they want to lengthen this uh, th uh the 2020 negotiations to where there won't be a 2020 season that's just going to add to it it doesn't matter to me what the union thinks it doesn't matter to me what the agents think what matters to me is an ethical side of it right or wrong and i think you should hold you should hold to your word and when you sign a contract that is equivalent to your word ethically 
the right thing to do is to fulfill your word. And if you shorten the length of the contract, it makes it easier for these players to actually do that, to fulfill their word, to be be moral people and not hold out. Because I don't think holding out is necessary, even though it's a, a, a good bargaining chip a and it works yeah, a tactic it works for them i don't think it's a moral thing to do because you're going against your word it's equivalent to lying to me you're saying i will be here for three years but no after two i'm not going to be here anymore that that's a lie and you're describing a uh a state of the league that was back in the 60s 70s but it started going away in the late 70s toward the 80s and when the money started coming in and that's what this boils down to they themselves, the agent, like you said, are from themselves, but they want their clients. It's almost like the Jerry Maguire movie, Show Me the Money. Show me the money now. You could be shown the money after your rookie contract, after the but two years, again, when you've earned it. I love the idea how, look, if you hold out, you're not a rookie for another extra year. I get it. I love it. But I really don't think, and I know you don't care. You made that clear. But they're not going to agree to that. That's not going to happen. There's no, no way that's going to be in the contract because, A, the union wants to make as much money for their clients, all the players, not clients, all of their uh, membership, I should call it. And then the, you have the agents on top. Yeah, they, they want their money, and they're not going to let their client hold out because if they were to hold out and then it extended, they lose all their – like you, what you call the tactic bargaining ship is gone. Yeah, I agree. That, that's why the, the, the CBA or the union will not agree to it. The union will say, no, we'll give them a two, three year, but they can hold out. If they do more, if, if they put up numbers that are astronomical, it's no different than a veteran who's been in the league and he signed four different contracts, but after the fifth contract, he blew numbers out of the water and now he's a man to trade because he wants Antonio Brown money because he did things that Antonio Brown didn't do. Even though I'm not putting the restrictions on those veterans, they are just as wrong for holding out. If they sign for that big money and they end up – someone else gets a bigger contract, they should perform during their contract and then negotiate for that big money once they their contract's over. I'm just trying to stop the, the, the holdouts within the rookie contract, the five, six years of the, the beginning of their career. The rest of them, they're just as wrong, but there's no way you're going to stop them from holding out. I don't know how. And I, I Think, I haven't come up with it. I think with the entitlement thinking that our younger generation has now, that they're going to come out and it's just it's it's not it's almost like the stamping little babies. They're they're not getting their way as far as the agents. So I'm mean, um now how am I going to say this that they want to get their clients to where they can hold out. And yes, you got the unions that again they're saying they're looking out for all membership. Now it's almost like I think what would happen if it went through and your idea passed and the union agreed to it. Now you're going to have these rookies doing what Antonio Brown, and I think he was advised by his agent to do what he did. And Antonio Brown didn't hold out last year. You know what he did? He basically jumped ship almost like a mutiny, didn't show up for practice, and then he got benched. He almost kind of like threw a fit that he would be traded or almost kicked off the team. I mean, he, he did things like a, a, a pouting child. So how I'm referring it back to these rookie contracts you get a, a rookie that, and their agent says, look, you can't hold out because if you do, your contract was three years. Now it's going to be four years. So now go there, but go do half. Don't show up at practice. Be late. Take the fines. Be, in other words, be a poison in your locker room. Be pragmatic, which I think is evil. Which is what – that, does, that doesn't make you – I'm trying to, to stop the, the, the bad ethics of holding out and you're replacing it with another bad ethic. I, I know what you're doing, but I'm trying to tell you what will happen. I'm not replacing it. You will have these players that will be advised by these slime 
agents. I didn't mean you. I meant the no, players I are, re- are no, replacing I know. it. And, and they're basically, well, they're acting out like a little child. And, and really, it's not them. It's the agents saying, listen, this is wrong. Didn't I already say the agents are bad just as the unions are bad? I already said that. So, so how do you get, how, established. How do you get rid of the agents? You can't. I'm not saying get rid of them, but harness at least the beginning of the career, and that way it, it lessens their power. The agents will have the power after the rookie contract, after they've established themselves. You're right. They're not going to go for it. You're, you're absolutely right, and I don't think the the union will go for it either. You never look. The, the, where I got part of this idea from was where it actually happens in reality in the NHL. They have a rookie contract. It's based on age. And, 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 but you have to sign for, if you're between 18 and 21, it's a three year contract. Between 22 and 23, a two year contract. And over 24, it's a one year contract. That's, that was the template for where I got the idea from. The numbers to me is like an algebraic equation. It's an X. It can mean any number, but it must mean some number. And that's for them to negotiate. But there's no reason why I can't see the, the rookie contracts can't stick to these and you can even do this tier way with by position because because we know running backs last longer you could make them the one year and we know and instead of doing it by age do it by position and you know kickers and quarterbacks last longer they can do the three-year one there's ways you can make this work to where it it's equitable the question is do they want it and i i agree with you i don't think the agents and the unions are going to want that and that's where I ask kind of how the NHL got this. I don't know how the union representative agreed to this, but okay. The the problem, the only thing that I see with, uh, how do I explain this? Hockey and football are almost like what I'm talking about with the generation shift. And back when we were growing up, we did something wrong. We got yelled at. We literally, if admitted our guilt, I'm sorry, it won't happen again. And you didn't make that same mistake twice. To where now it's well, you think Brad Marchant admits his guilt and won't make the same mistake twice? No, I think it still happens there. That attitude is still there. No, no, it, no, I don't no, think no. it's. I'm not talking on the ice. Okay, I'm talking off the ice that these hockey players are more respectful and grateful that they'll take that nine hundred thousand a million dollars. Now again, the NHL only made four billion dollars. They make a lot less, but still, I think that hockey player is just more of a hey. I just want to play hockey. I'll take the million. I. And if the union agreed to this contract, I'll skate my butt off. Cindy Crosby did it. Uh, Connor McDavid, you pointed out, was the one who did it. And these guys are, are of like godlike talent. But again, I think those two are a cut above. Yes, that's the, how things ought but to be. But they were still harnessed to the contract. That's the point. And, no, and these big stars in the NFL should be harnessed the think, same way. I don't think there's one NFL star that you can put to McDavid and Crosby character. And say that they're both equal. Those guys have class. I'm not by talent, not character. I was talking about talent. Well, no, they're, again, but they're talent. But even I, that's my my point. Crosby, if you put Le'Veon Bell in hockey and he's got Crosby skill, he's not going to accept this contract, even as a rookie. You know, he's he's going to hold out. He's going to say, "Hey, I'm worth whatever." I'm just saying that at, the attitude of the NFL player is not close to the NHL's more respectful. He has no choice. They won't. Then you don't sign. You don't play. If you want to play in the NHL. As a rookie, you must ad- – this is in the CBA. You must adhere to this. Again. So I, if it's in the CBA for the NFL, I don't care if you have that attitude or not. You must adhere to it or you don't play. I, and if they don't play, they're not going to get the millions. I guess my point is the, the NHL players aren't going to complain about it. Even if when Crosby had an ungodly year his first rookie season and they thought this kid is the next one. He didn't come out and say I want more money. I don't but agree with that. But an NFL that. player would. I don't agree with that because they have a union. 
they have they they've have gone on strike. Oh, they've they've tried to. It doesn't matter the strength or not. They have negotiated. They have gone on strike. They've done everything that the NFL Players Association can and will do. And yet they negotiated for this for the rookies only. And this is why I emphasize it for the rookie contracts only. It would at least stop those holdouts. It's not going to stop the Le'Veon Bell's. It's not going to stop what Antonio Brown does. What that the solution for I have for the Antonio Brown situation is other teams should should shun him because that's a, it also see here's the where the pragmatism comes in they only care about winning so they won't they won't shun him they care about getting that prize at the end of the season instead of caring about principle there's the the root of the problem if they cared about principle then they would shun him they would not reward him for acting like the baby you're saying he's acting like can, that is the problem I completely agree that's never going to happen because you're going to have a team like the Raiders that will pay Antonio Brown to be that child because of the, the, the so-called skill and athletic ability he brings to that team. I mean, even though they've seen what he did in the locker room as a poison to the Steelers, you still got that team that'll go out there and do that. So you got NFL teams saying, we can't let him go because if we do, someone will scoop him up. Even though he's a character and he's a locker room problem, we can't let him go. That's the problem. That's part of the problem. If they would learn to let him go, then – that he would be he would be punished without being punished. He'd be punished because no one would sign him. But okay, that's only if the other thirty-one teams don't sign him. Wait a minute, and I know they can do that because of Colin Kaepernick. They didn't sign him. It's possible. I'm not saying it was right or wrong what they did to Kaepernick, but I'm saying it's possible because it happened to him. Okay, but I'm going to throw something that Kaepernick was different. If Kaepernick would have had Brady skills, the team would have they would have someone would have signed him. I don't think that that was a collusion thing. So you I think just, you're going to put Antonio Browns up because we were talking about Antonio Brown being the child. Yes, you're, you're going to put Antonio Brown's skills up with that of of Brady and all the great ones. I yeah. don't think he is. No, yeah, I think he's he's, like, he's he's even though it's a different positions. I think it's equivalent to he, Kaepernick. He's, you know, he's done no, 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 not Antonio Brown. He's done things. He's special. He is a special player. He's one of those ones. Of, that's where I'm trying to say another team will scoop him up. There are other teams out there. They were just begging the Steelers to cut him, that they didn't want to trade for him. And the more it went, the more leverage the other teams had. Why would we want to trade for him when we know for a fact you're going to cut him after the season ends? Okay, let's just say you're right. He is special, and that could be the case. I'm not I'm not arguing that. It doesn't mean the other other teams could not stand with and just say, no, I, I'm not doing that, just like they did with Kaepernick. I, see, I guess what I'm saying is Kaepernick was special. Someone would have picked him up. And they would have withdrawed that press hit. They would have went through it. I, I'm telling you, I really believe that the, the 32 NFL it's teams irrelevant. thought Kaepernick wasn't good anymore. But that's irrelevant. The point is they still did it. They still did it. And if they can do it for him, they can do it for Antonio Brown. That's my point. If they stuck together, you're right. There are weak, morally weak teams out there. The management's morally weak. Ownership can be morally weak. And they will compromise. They'll compromise on everything just to get that glittering prize. Look, I also think Kaepernick was a business decision, too. If, All of this if, is a business well, decision. Yes, but like Antonio Brown is not going to bring negativity right away to the locker room, a distraction from day one. Kaepernick brings that to every organization, and that organization knows that. And then you add up I, – I, again, if Antonio Brown had Kaepernick's – Motive, the whole uh, anthem stuff, you know, kneeling down with all his uh, social injustice thing, and he did the, what Kaepernick's doing. Yes, another team would have picked him up in a heartbeat. So what I'm trying to say is it's one of two things. You're saying the owners did it, but the owners did it because there were 32 teams who voluntarily, 
I don't want this guy on my team. I agree. And they, they could they could voluntarily agree, I don't want Antonio Brown. The problem guess, is they'll they will compromise. Uh, I agree with you on this point. They will comp there will be the Raiders. But the fact that they did it with Kaepernick means they can do it with Antonio Brown. They choose not to, but they can uh, no, do I, it. I understand that. But what I'm trying to say is yeah, with a talent like that, it it, it just won't happen. So again, your rookie contract would be solved, and I still think you're gonna have bad advice from the agents who act like attorneys. To get my client more money. Agents are attorneys. Okay. Well, what they're doing basically is saying, listen, for you not, you know, drag this out. Don't, don't give full effort. If they, if they want, you want, they want full effort, they should pay you. You get, you get these agents telling me, and these these guys are kids. That could also be detrimental to them because if they don't give the full effort when they do end that small rookie contract, they won't get the huge money because they didn't give the effort. What I was going to say is if it's a three year contract, you know, the first year, he has a great year, and he comes. But I did it by position. What You said three-year contract. What position are we talking about? Now? Running back. Running back. I don't think that should be that long. Running back should be maximum two-year contract because the nature of their position, they could get hurt easier. I tell you what, the two-year contract would just it answer my – I guess what my flaw in the three-year contract was the agent will tell that player, okay, look, first year, we want to negotiate. Ownership says, no, you sign a three-year deal, and you're going to hold to it. That's the way it is. All right, listen. You're going to go through and go through the motion the second year. And the third year is a contract year, and every player in the contract year lights it up because that's your next year. Now, also what we say is if they're playing – Ezekiel Elton playing for the Cowboys. You're right. I'm going to go through the motion second year, and I'm coming out, and I'm going to shine my third year, but I'm not re-upping with you. They have that choice to, to, to go – if they're a free agent, to go where they want to. That That's their freedom of, of volition. No, you're no, you're correct, but that team just got screwed. But with – Oh well, that's you could get screwed. You can you could draft and sign the best player in history, and he could break his knee in training camp, and he could never ever play a game for you. And you end up getting screwed. It's no different. There's a gamble in everything. No, you're correct. No, it, it, it's, well, you don't know what they're going to turn out to be. But again, after that first year in the Barry Sanders, you're going to have that agent basically saying, "We want to re up because he's done things that no other running back has done." Well, we have to. Stick it within the context of what I said. The running backs would have a chance to re-up sooner than virtually everyone else. I mean, you you could and, and that those even even those year the tiers could be negotiated with with the union and management. But I do think this is a template that could work in the NFL. And and this it's only the solution of rookies no, holding I, out. That's I, I it. understand. I know I understand. I just think when they negotiate the quarterbacks aren't gonna say no way. We're not, we want that too. Linemen, safeties, whatever it may be. Well tell us what your opinion is of this. Uh you can email us at granddesignspodcast.com. Uh, go to our, our website and you can get the, the podcast as well as uh the transcript and sometimes the blog. Uh just let us know. Give us some kind of feedback. I want to thank you so much for listening to us. We appreciate every single listener that we can get, and we do get. This is the Grand Designs Podcast. Who are you listening to?